the Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. And yes, he is back, Stock Talk Nation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was a little nervous about the whole allergic reaction thing. Yeah, and the uh, the Benadryl did the trick, but it it took some time. It took some time you, to get there. But Benadryl knocks me clean out. I don't know how you went to go on about your life during the day. And I and I took two. So yeah. I was, well, you said yeah. that I was like, well, I I'll take care of next this week's podcast. So that was what was going on last uh, last week. So glad you're better. Glad you're back. Yes, we're back. We are back again. Um, lots of stuff happened in the last week, yeah. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we've had state fairs. We've had um, lots of lots of things going on in our industry. And uh, man, you and I haven't even had a chance to catch up. So what do you, what have you been doing? I know. And I was just thinking this. I, I had a couple. I got a Hereford. I do have a Hereford, uh, which is one of the crazy one of the craziest things that's happened. Um, but um it was funny i was judging at uh a county fair here in ohio and i like towards the end i was thinking like gosh like i've got a list of things to talk about i haven't talked to Corey in a long time so um uh, but i did uh i did judge a couple shows uh in the couple weeks um that uh i was gone i talked a little bit last week um about the uh judging at the indiana state fair that's always a always an honor um, and of course, one that you always look, look forward to. Um, and then, yeah, the Hereford deal. So, uh, many of you may have seen on Facebook that I am, I shouldn't say I, we are, me and my wife are Hereford breeders and started as a joke. Um, as many do probably, my wife was like, you know, we should raise Herefords. And I just kind of put my straight face on like, no. And this was probably 10 months ago. And uh, then, you know, we start seeing Heather with the Sproles and all these crazy good Herefords coming and sorting some that are really good. And I thought, all right, you know what? If we find the Hereford guilt good enough, we're going to load her up. We'll just do it. But they got to be good. We're not playing around with average Herefords. We'd get back in our kiddie pool, as Corb would say. So um, I was on Facebook, and I saw the Lyles family had one for sale that's a litter mate to the champion Hereford at the Ohio State Fair this year, and she is neat, so we own her, and I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. Well, I'm a little disappointed. It's not a Berkshire. I know. I knew it was coming. But I'm glad to see that Emily is fired up to raise some show pigs. Yep, it was quite cute. Um, so shout out to Garrett Sproul for letting me borrow his trailer. Um, but I was out judging on the west side of Ohio. That's where the Lyles family lives. So I, I on the way back, picked her up and uh, brought her back home. And by the time I got back home, Emily had a uh, welcome home sign made for her. And that was actually a joke, too, because I said you know, she's really excited about it, which I love because... 
um, you know, she's taking interest in a lot of things that I'm doing. So she's got ownership in a lot of things that we're doing now. So <laughs> I was like, well, you better get your streamers ready, get your balloons out and have a welcome home parade. <laughs> but she did make her a nice little sign. So that's her baby out there in the barn. There you go. Well, I think um, definitely nice that you got a good one out there. Yep. Yep. So I did see the video. It looks very nice. Yep. She's got pieces. Yeah, pieces that and, I like. and and that's what you need. That's right. Breeding breeding hogs have pieces. Yep, and they got and I've got a couple crosses that I'm really fired up about. Um, so we'll see. I just got a couple to play with, and uh, not that I needed anything extra to do because I feel like we've got plenty going on. But hey, why not? You know, yeah, you must have been really bored. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about your experience. And and to be honest with you. Trev, I I didn't listen to last week's episode. That's okay. That was just you. Did you talk about your experience sorting the showmanship at Indiana? I did a little bit, but I'll be honest. I bet you nobody um, watched or listened to it because, uh, you know, I understand. It's probably just me carrying on, but um, Walton was not there. I was kind of disappointed. Uh, it's probably like the only show oh, that yeah, they, they weren't they did at. Not do the, yeah, they did not do the showmanships. Yeah, but uh, quick shout-out to Walton. I've been uh, it's State Fair season still. we got Iowa going on. Illinois just finished up. Uh, so I've been popping on Walton quite frequently. Um, they saved my butt when it came to uh, Ohio State <laughs> Fair time because this, this was the first time in a while that couldn't go. Um, but that's because I was judging out there in Indiana. Um, so Walton webcasting. Uh, this is your huge shout out. Make sure you get to the archives because there's times where you can't watch them all at once. So if you subscribe to the archives, you can go back and rewatch them. So make sure you do that. Um, yeah. Experience was really good. And um, uh, it's unique in Indiana that they do it by breed. And yeah. so many may not know that, but I, I did talk about that last week where they'll bring in, you know, by age of the showman and by breed. Um, so, you know, your, your senior Berkshires, you know, your senior Chesters and they actually don't do it in order. So they kind of give them a break. They'll do a division drive and bring it back in. So it sounds a lot confusing, but it actually makes a lot of sense because you wouldn't dare bring a, say a spot to a showmanship ring, but you could be the champion sh spot showman against other spots. So it makes some sense. Spots are idiots. Yeah. Well, and so it, what it does is at the at the uh, and they do this by the way for every species, mm -hmm. not just pigs. So what it does is then you got you've got ten breeds plus your crossbred out there in the show ring competing for your champion showman, and you've got all different breeds represented out there. So it, it is very unique when you it select is. your champion showman. Then you've got all those representation. Uh, of all those different breeds out there. So kind of a way to give kids an opportunity to make it to a final mm -hmm. showmanship drive, but just in a different way. Yeah. Maybe some people say, well, that doesn't make your showmanship as competitive. If there's not as many of one breed, then, you know, maybe you don't have as much competition, but at the end of it, you still have to compete for an overall championship. Yeah. And let's be honest, like that's pretty smart on their part to like encourage the use of more purebreds in, in the show ring. Exactly. So, so when, when you guys got to uh, pick your champions, did you select them individually? Or did you and Garrett come together? So evidently Garrett was on a rocket sorting his uh, because I, we're, we both are efficient with our time when it comes to evaluating. Showmanship always takes longer, of course. 
but he was done with it. So he did intermediates. I did seniors to start today. And I think there was more seniors than anything. I did not expect that. Or there was more juniors than anything. But of the two divisions that we were sorting, I guess I had more. So then we split the juniors. And it, when I say split, it was probably 70-30 split his way. So I was still sh- sorting the uh, seniors while he was doing the first half of the juniors. So uh, then we came together to sort the junior drive, which was incredible, by the way. Those kids can flat out show. By the end of the day, we had a really good showman, and the senior and junior were sisters. It was kind of cool. I didn't even know that. I did. I honestly, it was kind of funny. Uh, Garrett and I even talked about this afterwards, where we didn't know a lot of kids, which yeah. is, and it doesn't matter either way. But typically, when you go to a state fair, you recognize faces or whatever. But I mean, it was just like, wow, like there's a lot of really good showman here and it doesn't matter who you are you know you're good showman or good showman so it was fun i i really enjoyed it and <laughs> it was quite the haul emily got to go with me to uh to watch and and uh it was good it was definitely a check off the bucket list yeah i uh i did i was hoping to catch you guys on walton uh judgment but like you mentioned you weren't of all the shows i know dang uh, it so you were but, wait you you judge at the the Indiana State Fair too, but it was a different different vibe. Yeah, I did, uh, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I did want to ask you. I forgot to ask you earlier. Uh, so when you guys make breeding decisions on this Hereford guilt, since it's Emily's, does she get to make the decision on what boar she wants to breed to? So this is how we actually have done it in the past. Uh, she uh, understands my knowledge when it comes to evaluation and she is still learning so she knows that hey if there's ten thousand boars out there i'm not going to go pick the right one yet like i still want to learn she could she's getting pretty good at it so what i've done is like pick a top three like my three favorites however in the hereford game like there was two i asked a lot of high-end hereford breeders and there was one that stood out um I'm just going to go with uh, Monster Jam out Terry Schaefer's. Look him okay. up. Dig into his pedigree. There you go. It's, there you go. It's interesting. Well, so so then when you guys, uh, do you think you're going to try to keep some gilts back and grow the Hereford herd? Or are you just going to sell them on showpig.com? Uh, so I am going to show them, sell them on uh, showpig.com because I don't have a huge facility yet. Fair enough. Now, yeah, showpig.com is going to be a big time help because they've got a lot of eyeballs. They got people that can help me. So that's where I'm headed if I do sell them. Well, okay. So then the other question is would you consider taking any of them to feed on for the summer, have Emily drive one in an open show? See, that that is that's always the thought. But honestly, I would rather sell them to a junior exhibitor that could go in a junior show. I think that's the stair step. You know, I don't want to retain all the ones and they're going to be like, well, all they're going to do is keep the best ones to show them. You know, I don't want to be that guy. So, and we were going to not have a uh, hoarding problem. Hoarding of the Herefords is probably not something we're after. Uh, (laughs) I would rather, um, I don't know, be selective with the Hereford herd, because I would, you know, 
I would like to play in the the crossbred deal a little bit more than the Herefords, but uh, no, fair enough. We're we're excited about it. I I do think um, get them bred right. Heck, it's still way early, but um, talking with some of the Hereford people, it's kind of fun to dabble in a breed that I've never dabbled in before. And like, have you ever you've never even probably fed a Hereford, have you? I've never. Nope. This is this is like no man's land out here. And I'm sure I'll get made fun of, but I honestly don't care. She's hey. good and I'm gonna breed her right. So Yeah. It's you good. uh Yeah, you're just gonna have to try to play ball now in the top end of the Hereford game immediately. Yeah. I mean her her brother won the state fair this year and then like I said, at Monster Jam goes back. Monster Jam's mother is a littermate to no so monster jam is a littermate to heather's mother so heather was the decorated most decorated herford of all time that came from bred by Corey, shown by the sproles sold for 10-5 at the at the ohio state fair so you're telling me that the mother of that boar is the sister or mother of so, the Sproul Gill. Yes. Same mom? Yeah. So full Whoa. sib. Monster Jam is a full sib to Heather's to, mom. Yeah. And guess, and Heather, guess who bought Heather? Selling. Schaefer. Yeah, Schaefer. There you go. Well, it'd be, man, it'd be kind of cool if they lined them things up. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen, I hope. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um gonna mark it on showpig.com i've heard that there's could be some some uh some of the boys putting together purebred sale this could very well happen on showpig.com yeah i, I want to see it i'm gonna speak it into action look for lenig kirkpatrick sproll johnson to have a purebred pig sale on yeah. showpig.com Kirk's Herfs, Lenig Landy's. I don't know what jo- Johnson and, and Sproul's spots. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, that's and hilarious. Johnson's Yorkshire's. <laughs> Yorkshire's. <laughs> uh, no wordplay there. Oh, Tyler's Tamworth's. Yeah, but he didn't have any Tams, I don't think. So but, yeah, that's yeah, honestly one of the things i'm looking forward to is getting back into selling things and doing some sales together with friends and all that good stuff it'll be good but yeah definitely going to sell some on showpig.com though it's the only place to go my opinion only only place to do it and we are so thankful for our friends at showpig.com for continuing to support what we do by the way the went group is hiring if you didn't see on their facebook pages yeah they are hiring a director of marketing communications it looked like yep yep so Check that out, all of you aspiring folks that want to work in the industry. That could be a really fun job. A lot of, I think they're upping the social media game even. So, yeah, that'll be yeah be a good job for somebody. But very much so. Well, Trev, what do you say we dig into the meat of the reason that we're both here today? All right, what what's the meat? We've got a couple meats to bite into this time. Yeah, I know. So, oh, I guess hold on before we do that. You did ask me a question earlier. I put off uh, about Indiana State Fair. I just thought it was really bad. I wasn't going to ask again. No, no, it was a good. It was a good <laughs> question. I just I wanted to uh, find a way to work in showpig.com, and I think we did that yeah. pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, no, I um, 
I got to judge the sheep portion of the Supreme Showmanship Competition. Mm-hmm. So they take the Champion Gilt Showman, the Champion Barra Showman, Champion Weather Showman, Champion U Showman, um, Champion Market Goat Showman, Champion Doe Showman, and then the Champion Reserve Overall Beef Showman. So there's eight exhibitors. Now, is that the senior? Because we did not select an overall overall. Seniors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Seniors. I'm just going to throw this out there. I would mm-hmm. like for them to pick an actual overall because the senior would have had some stiff competition. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a good thought. And, you know, I had to visit uh, earlier today, actually we're recording this on a Monday, but I had a visit earlier today um, with some colleagues um, about County fair round robin showman of showman supreme mm-hmm. showmanship whatever you want to call it uh and just how different every county every state is i mean even the state of indiana does not every county models it off of the state fair it's uh it's pretty interesting and i kind of wish that everything was the same but i guess it gives every county a little bit of a unique identity when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff so like in my county and that i pretty much spent the majority of my forage career in Vigo County and our Supreme showmanship. It was horses, dairy and beef cattle, mm-hmm. dairy and boar goats, sheep, pigs. So you had to show all seven of those species. And we had four different divisions within that. So you had a junior, intermediate, senior, and grand. Wow. And to be in grand showmanship, you have had to have won senior showmanship. And then if you win senior showmanship, you're in you compete in grand for the entire rest of your show career. Wow. So see it is fun because in Fayette County, Ohio, we did all of those plus rabbits, chickens, turkeys. Uh, you're kidding oh yeah like everything everything every pretty much every animal that was on that i think they're doing alpacas now but that wasn't like they weren't there when you know so literally every animal that was on that fairgrounds we we showed Jeez, it was fun it was wild it was a lot of fun and and we we learned with the indiana state fair supreme showmanship that it really is a law of averages you don't have to be necessarily the best at everything you just got to be like third yeah so let's go back to it how was the experience i want to know yeah um never in my life had i ever thought once i took an interest in judging that i would be able to step foot on the coliseum floor at the indiana state fairgrounds and have an opportunity to judge unless i didn't live in indiana anymore right and and so that and that experience in itself for me was why like beyond imagination and it didn't really hit me while i was evaluating the eight individuals showing their sheep but when i got to grab the mic to give a few comments like i didn't stutter have a bad speech or anything like that when i addressed the crowd but man i the feeling came back to me when we drove uh, when we were in the grand guilt drive Mm-hmm. seven years ago and like that it was just like instant goosebumps chills just like not necessarily nerves but man that's it was just 
incredibly exciting. I, I wouldn't have ever thought that that kind of emotion would come over me, but mm-hmm. it did. It was cool. That's awesome. That's that, cool. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Did you- uh, fun, fun story about that. The uh, champion you showman and the champion market goat showman or goat showman uh, one champion reserve overall and the supreme showmanship drive both from the same county in indiana whoa yeah whoa that's pretty yeah. awesome yep uh, so w- w- do you have a Holy Buckets moment? I felt like you had two weeks to prepare a really, really good Holy Buckets moment. So, uh, I get, I guess the people are waiting. Yeah. So my Holy Buckets moment, actually I've got a couple, but the one I'm going to use for this week happened to me during this Supreme showmanship. Sweet. Yes. So for reference, just so everybody knows, uh, when these exhibitors show up, I know Illinois does it to where you get to pick your own animal. You have to find your own animal for each species or whatever. In Indiana, you don't have to do that because Purdue every year buys groups of each species. So all these animals came from the show, but they were bought likely on the previous weekend during the market shows. So none of these animals have really been touched by another human for oh, at God. least a week, at least a week. Um, <laughs> so uh, these sheep that are being shown come through and everybody it's, it's random draw. You grab an animal. None of these animals have been owned by any of the exhibitors. So you go into it. And so each kid grabs their land. They walk in the ring we pull in, you know, side by side, and one of the sheep gets loose for one of the girls. Oh, no. Okay. Mind you, the Indian State Fair Coliseum was rather large. And so I'm not about to go chase a sheep around the Coliseum floor at the Indiana State Fair. Figured they've got plenty of people around here, ring help, whatever they'll, they'll get it caught for. And I felt bad. I'm like, oh, man, you know it would be her luck that she grabs this crazy sheep and the sheep, me and this, one of the photographers are standing next to each other and we're talking while this sheep is trying to figure out what direction he wants to go. And I kind of told the guys like, ah, let's maybe try to get him down towards the other end where there's a bunch of people where all the, the hog gates were. Maybe you can get him corralled in there in a, in a corner where there's, you know, he came in at. And so, that didn't happen. Of course, sheep have brains of their own or no brains at all. According to some, I was standing next to this photographer. I said, I bet you a hundred dollars right now that that sheep runs to that corner and slides through this little opening and bolts out of here. And she says, you're on this sheep. I kid you not ran straight to the corner. I was talking about there was that white picket fence that surrounds mm-hmm that floor there to make like the show ring. There's just this little gap between that and the wall and that sheep. I'll be danged if that sheep didn't run through that out of the arena, the overhead doors were open. Everything was wide open. That sheep bolted out of the arena, clear through the cattle barn. Oh, dear. and I did not know this at the time, but there was an altercation happening in the cattle barn between two ladies 
and about six police officers. Oh, and this sheep almost interrupted what was happening <laughs> in the cattle barn. Back and it up. <laughs> I've got to get a give a shout out to my buddy, Mr. Glasscock, who is now known as the sheep wrangler of the century, um, who caught that sheep. No lasso, nothing barehanded. Caught that sheep in the cattle barn. Got him all the way back to the show arena. And I was thinking, hopefully this crowd doesn't erupt because he will go nuts and berserk again and get away. So they walk him in the arena and I see them coming and I'm like motioning my hands. Keep like, it down. Do not make, like, keep the noise down. And these people standing ovation for this sheep <laughs> coming back in the ring. <laughs> And this sheep starts jumping. They had him on the halter. The sheep starts jumping and they get it into the hands of the, the girl that was showing him. And so I like motion the kids to kind of reset themselves and take it easy for a little bit. Why there's, we were working on getting a sheep caught. He comes back in the ring. They take the halter off him. He, he starts going nuts again. So we help her get it, get him into the lineup. I start handling sheep. Son of a gun got loose again. Jesus Jones. <laughs> and 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 I'm and I felt bad for the girl. A not a sheep girl. I could tell that she wasn't, but she was also a very good showman, regardless. Kind of one of those that grab a hold of an animal, right. know what's going on. And she was trying so hard to do the right things to get this sheep presented well, but he was not trained to do what she was trying to do, which was place his legs with her hands. He didn't like that. And so obviously she has one hand. She goes to move a leg. Sheep jumps game over. So the sheep got loose again, got him corralled, got him caught inside the ring. Luckily after the first escape attempt, well, that was successful. They shut the overhead door and shut the arena floor. So that, you know, we were at least limiting his ability to completely run out of the Coliseum. And uh, so they get him caught again. And he put a halter on him and I'm like, thank goodness. So holy buckets. That was uh what a deal. Anyway. So a lot of people asked me afterwards, like, what did, what did you do? And, and just for the sake of not disclosing information, it was difficult because once she did get that sheep braced and set up, she did a great job showing him, yeah. but he was a complete knucklehead. And, it was just her luck of the draw. She ended up actually getting a bad goat too. So it's like, hey. and that was back to, that was back to back. And I was like, oh man, I feel so sorry for this girl. She just had just the worst draw that you could possibly get out there. But Sheesh. she did a great job. I did talk about how, um, you know, supreme showmanship is very unique, especially in a setting where these exhibitors have never had any interaction with these animals at all. Mm -hmm. And what's so neat about our program is that we are raising stewards of livestock and the interaction between human and animal is extremely important. And it really speaks to the kind of people that we're raising in this industry. And you can tell a lot about a person of how they interact with an animal. She didn't get frustrated. She didn't break down and cry. She didn't get angry. She just was collected and calm and understood that there was nothing she could probably do in this scenario to make it better. Um, but there was something she could have done to make it worse. And she chose not to do that. And so I talked about that and just said, you know, that, that to me is a true champion, regardless of how she did no uh, that night, which, so that was very, very cool. Hmm. Um, 
even though it was a holy buckets moment that we had a sheep escape from the show ship ring and run completely out of the Coliseum. I thought he was going to the midway. I'm not going to lie. I, I figured we were going to have some, some real interesting uh, Dang. news reports pop up that night, but Oh yeah. Luckily, that would have been all over the headlines. <laughs> sheep escapes, <laughs> runs down midway, eats a corn dog, gets hit by a tractor. Is now on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, so holy wow. buckets. What was uh what was a fun experience also very, very memorable. Oh yeah. I it's the Coliseum experience. I'm glad Ohio's the Ohio State Fair is is doing that now because it's it's just the experience for these kids and, and yeah. Uh, boy. Yeah. I, I hope super they keep cool. it. But so uh my holy buckets moment's not quite as elaborate. Um, Sorry, my, I get, get long winded. I've been noted to do that. No, but that was that was quite the holy buckets <laughs> moment. So I received a photo on my way to a county fair. Now, this is a county fair that I was not exhibiting exhibiting at, but we thought we had a pretty good chance. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to I want to hang around this county fair, see what happens. So Corey Edgers, you're the only one that's going to see this photo. But I got this picture and I'm going to show it to you here on the Zoom. Those who are not uh can't see i'm holding up my phone to Corey. now you see this guy is that, the, is that a priest that's a priest full, in a pig full garb yep that's him black, somebody a, so people know what priests wear right they got the white collar with the black all black yep suit thing yeah okay continue. somebody hired a priest or hi i don't know if you hire a priest or not to bless their pigs before the show <laughs> I was like, you're, you're lying. Holy buckets. That's it right there. The, this wasn't like a kosher thing. It wasn't like, a, you know, these pigs are going to slaughter. Well, whatever. I mean, it, they could have done it right before they went on the truck, but why not do it before the show and give it some extra blessings? So father, oh. whoever that is, decided let's bless these pigs and let's make them win. Did not, did not not the case but i was like holy buckets this is getting real this is getting serious people are blessing pigs left and right here we go but (laughs) that is that is extra not a not a big big yeah if if cake mix doesn't work hire a priest get a priest yep that's a lot i love it Well, um, so I'm kind of disappointed, Corey. Last week, oh. I, I know you didn't uh, you didn't hear it, but I kind of wanted our listeners to call in and breed them, ship them, show them, because I felt weird doing it by myself. And I thought, well, let's not do it by, by myself. Let's let yeah. the listeners call in, and maybe they could answer uh, the breed them, ship them, show them, because it was a good one. Derek's back. I don't know how many times he's done this, but... They're dang good every time. Not not a single one. We got some dag jokes in. We got some other freedom ship and shows in. But nobody called in, so we're going to do this one again. Uh, if you listened last week, we're going to hear this freedom ship and show them again uh, because nobody answered. So, again, the hotline, put it in your dang phone. 234-320-0457. Now, Derek is back. With a vengeance, as always, he is uh, an incredible mind. So here we go. Breed and ship and show. 
going on, Stock Talk Nation? This is Derek Jeffries from Kentucky again. Uh, I got another Breedom Ship from Showem for you. Uh, this scenario is a little bit different. Uh, we're going to do a Showem, Showem next year, and we're going to pass on one. You're the proud parent of a novice exhibitor on the hunt for your family's first project targeted towards the State Fair Novice Show. You've been raising livestock for generations and want to show in a different species to not to compete with your customers. Pick your preferred secondary species. First option, high dollar prospect that has the juice to get it done in the big kid show. If your child wins, do you have to maintain that level of success for the rest of their career? Coming from a high class outfit that has a track record of success. Option number two, this is your cheaper project, good genetics, great breeder. They're willing to help you along the way. Looking to be respectable in the novice show, make the cut type animal for the big kid show. Option number three, this is your free option. You get a loner female from a very good family friend. You tag her in, work her all summer. She goes home with a breeder after state fair type deal. She comes with all the help from the second option, and you can follow her progress as a family as she goes into production. Respectful project for your family. Not the greatest, but she's a great tool to teach your kid life lessons that you just can't find anywhere else. So recap, that's your high-dollar option, cheaper, respectful option, and that loner female that you get to follow for the rest of her career. Looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say. Um, loving the podcast. Keep it up, guys. Looking here and what you all have going on. So there you have it, Sea Edge. Yet again, he's back, back again, and and really flirting with completely breaking the rules of freedom ship from Sean, <laughs> and know. just I I appreciate it. It's very creative. So Derek, I mean, props to you. Yeah. But so we got a lot hey. of things going on in this one. We have to pick another species because we can't deal with the species that we're in. Yeah, we've got a novice showman. Um, that we would like to get competitive. We've got an expensive, juiced up one, as he says. Got a cheap one. Ready to rock. A cheaper, good genetic one that's just right there in the middle. Then you got the the loner female that comes with some extra help. Corey Edge, what are you doing? Well, see, this is interesting because I very well could be in this position. That's what I was kind of thinking when I heard this, actually. You know, at some point in time, which is maybe why Derek poses the question, like, what's Corey going to do? Yeah. So in retrospect, I have to look at it this way. In case anybody uh, did notice on Monday, um, I did post a uh, picture of a half-blood Simmental female that Edge Livestock, no longer Edge Club Lambs, Edge Livestock is going to be offering in September. I mean, Cattleman's Cut Sale. Check it out on WLivestock.com. Uh Smith Family Farms show cattle. Just there you go. Self, self plug. Uh, so, you know, that eliminates cattle from the species that I could pick. And obviously, I can't pick sheep. So I'm really down to two species. Um, I'm, I'm not going to dabble probably in the rabbit or chicken or um, equestrian world anytime soon. So I guess for the sake of. I'll just pick goats. What's right. I'm going to pick? Going with the goats. Do I want to? Yeah, I'm going to pick goats. Okay. So I'm picking goats, and I'm probably, given the scenario that it's a young showman first starting out, I'm probably, what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably pass 
on the high dollar one. Okay. And and yes, it would be a chance to own a high dollar one that you could breed on. But I think a showman, how I at least want to raise Mabry, is she'll get the high dollar ones when it's time. Right. Yep. And coming out of the block, it ain't time. She needs experience. She needs to enjoy it and have fun and not have pressure put on her by her dad that's got a $12,000 goat in the barn that doesn't really, you know, the odds of her showing that one right are pretty right. slim. Especially being a novice. And so, I mean, yes. So let's take the pressure off dad. Let's take the pressure off the kid. We're going to pass on that option. So that gives you a lease option and a cheap option. That still has good genetics. It'll be somewhere middle of the pack. So I can either choose to, according to Derek, I could choose to show on this year or I could choose to pass and or uh, wait till the next year. Mm -hmm. What I would like to do is considering this lease option that would come from a friend would probably be pretty high quality. I would say my option to show this year would be to take the cheap one. I'm going to show that one this year. We're going to get some experience under our belt, build some excitement about showing that species. Maybe let dad learn a little bit more about fitting on one of that caliber. Um, so I don't screw up a high dollar one and I don't screw up a buddy's lease the first year, get a little bit of learning experience under my belt. And then uh, we'll take the lease option the next year and go try to win some weather damn goat shows. Uh, now that now that Miss Mabry's going to have a chance to learn how to show goat, and Dad's not going to mismanage one. There you go. And we're also going to have some extra help, so that'd be good. That's not that's, all bad. Those are my options. Now you're in a different situation. I guess this would let's let's say I'll put, I'll throw this into your scenario. You're working with a family that has experience, but the the showman is fresh. And we got to go to a different species still. We got to go to a different species. Yep. Yeah. So here's that. This I think this lines up pretty easily for me because I was kind of thinking like if I had a novice showman, this is what I would do, or like if one of my families had a novice showman, this is what I would do. Yeah. If I was the father and you're like your situation, and I had my own novice showman, I too would pass on the high dollar option because. Uh, being in a new environment, like that's just the disaster waiting to happen. Then everybody yep. kind of, who the heck bought the high dollar? I'm probably going sheep, by the way. Um, main, yes. Mainly because I've got a lot of sheep friends and I dabbled in them in my show career. So like I'm not blinded by everything that needs to happen, but I definitely need refreshed and, and, and they need a lot of help. So it's probably avenue I'm going high dollar one. I, I would be afraid to mess it up and uh, that bad deal, bad trip. Um, <clears throat> however, we're I'm going to flip your bottom pair here, okay? Be because that's fair. I, I yep, I want to hear it. Because I if I have here. a U that is just like, all right, this one we want back, but I also want her shown, and we're going to help you. Like I would rather all the help and the good lease option. That's probably not like an incredible stellar good one, like hopefully is, but I would assume those would probably be in your barn. I don't know. That's just the way I'm thinking. But I would rather the help come with that more than anything. The first year out, I would want the lease option, takes a little pressure off financially, and 
you get the crew behind you, you learn a little bit, and then that means next year I'm buying my own cheaper option with good genetics. And then I can try to do my own thing and ask the questions without that lease help there. So that's that's the way I was kind of rolling with it. And that that second year, maybe the U game isn't what the showman likes. Like maybe they looked into the weather ring and was like, that's where I want to go. So then we buy the the cheaper weather option and play see what see which one you like better. Do the U the first year, weather the second, which direction you want to go, or do you want to do both? So Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty pretty practical approach as well. I was thinking too, like on the the reason I pick goats is because I would assume that feeding one isn't probably too far off of feeding a sheep. Yeah. And so I would we like kind of got think. that figured out. So maybe that's why. And not that we didn't feed some good pigs back in the day, but I figured picking hogs would be just too obvious. So. You did champion at the Vigo County Fair, right? Oh, several times. Yeah. yeah. Champion spot at the Indiana State Fair a few years ago. You kind of know what you're doing there. Champion Hampshire Guild in the Southeast Regional Prairie, Georgia. That's right. Yeah, it's been been a while. So I mean, it, it it honestly, it's been a long time. So maybe her, maybe the maybe you'll be feeding her for old Mabes. You just you never know. I bet that her aunt Emily would want to get her Hereford uh, in her yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that was that was a good one. Thanks, Derek. That was good. And please, we need more. We've got some, but we're always looking for more. Make them fun. Call the number two three four. Three two zero zero four five seven. Now, I'm making a rule right now that only Derek Jeffries can bend the rules for breeding with Chip and Shalom. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, That's and it. like the sire thing, you know, like it's always tough. Like if you throw us three sires, breed one chip one show, it's like, ugh. I mean, we'd we'd lack some creativity. But Corey, um, it's Tanner's tails time. Say that three times fast. It's Tanner's tails time. Tanner's tells time. Let's see what you got. Howdy! What's going on, Stock Talk Nation? Hey, uh, I don't have a dad joke today, but I got a mom joke because my wife told this one. Uh, what do you guys call a pile of cats? A meowton. Hope everyone enjoys the episode and uh, have, a, have a great day and uh, go take care of those around you. Meow. Oh, mountain. Mm. Yeah, I love it. That's always a good uh, break of the ice. Relieves the it's, uh, relieves the mood a little bit. Yeah. Shout out to Lexi. Tanner's better half. Yes. That was pretty good. Hey, okay. So we've always talked, you know, we're never going to make this show political. Right. But, but I've got a joke. Okay. Okay. I heard it the other day. Somewhat. I'm going to say it's PG-13. Okay. Just a fair warning. PG-13. All right. So I was sitting at a restaurant the other day, and there was uh, some doctors behind me. There's three of them. I was overhearing their conversation. They were all sitting at, at this table ordering some drinks, and they all ordered a tall glass of Crown Royal. First doctor, they were kind of kind of bragging a little bit, and their conversations trying to one-up each other. And first doctor said, well, you guys, I... I did the best thing I've ever done as a doctor. He chugs his drink, sets it down on the table and says, 
there was a man that came in with an emergency. He had lost his arm in a car accident. I sewed it back on in four hours, and now he's a major league pitcher. Now, hmm. man, that's pretty cool. That's really good. Well, the next doctor, he he says, well, I did something. The best thing I've ever done in my life as well as a doctor. And chucks his drink, sets it on the table. He says, young man was involved in a farming accident, lost his leg. I sewed it back on in three hours. Now he's an Olympian. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's That's very good. Well, the next doctor, he says, well, I'll tell you what, I think I've got you beat. Chugs a drink, sets it down. He says, I was out on a routine call, came up on an emergency. A man had been in a car wreck and was ejected through the front window, ended up in a cow pasture. His head was split wide open. There's brains all over the ground, cow pies, everything just there's nothing to do. I was, I was in a hurry. I needed to save this man's life. So I just stuffed it all back in his head, sewed him up in an hour. Now he's the president of the United States. <laughs> I knew where that was going. Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's a good one. Where'd you hear there that you at? The radio? TikTok. Ah, of course. Yeah. That's a terrible, wonderful place. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Here through it for hours i I talked a lot about tiktok actually last week about being original and how tiktok is i'm guilty i love i love the the cat videos the funny jokes like that kind of thing but i'm kind of tired of like nobody being original everybody steals everybody else's audio and they mouth over you know the it's not lip syncing but you know what i mean like oh yeah yeah you don't even know if it's you you made the video or not and it's kind of it's, uh, I mean, be original was the title of last week's episode. So that's kind of yeah. where I was getting at, but good concept. Very good concept. Um, but I- I'm glad you're back on here because, um, we've got another topic we need to cover and, yes. uh, you texted me and says, can we just do this with you and I, I've got some stuff to talk about. So I kind of did the, the episode 107, the County Fair deal. And it was just you and I, I'm going to let you take. Uh, the driver's seat here because I know the direction we're going, but I want you to kind of steer the ship because I know too that I have some uh, things that need to be said. So where are we headed? Yeah. So we had mentioned before in other episodes, but we never really dove into it is um, the, the old guard versus the fresh ideas mm-hmm. or the, the maybe generation gap. And I want to first say that there is so many progressive leaders in our industry over the age of 50, so many. And, and those people have been influencing livestock businesses and all facets for decades. Those, the reason that those guys have been successful at the level they have and continue to innovate is because they are forward thinkers. Mm-hmm. So to you guys that are out there doing that, you know who you are. Don't be offended about anything Trevor and I are going to say, because not that we'll probably say a whole lot of offensive things, but we're definitely going to address some things that I think pose some challenge to our industry at times. But if it raises a question and you do take a little offense to it, don't get mad. Just reevaluate understand, what's going yeah, on. Understand, understand where we're coming from. Yep. Um, and I will say this to the young people, 
don't be offended uh, for you innovators, movers and shakers out there either because of what we say either. Mm-hmm. Because you guys know who you are. Keep grinding, but also you know, take moments to recognize and have a little self-awareness. Yep. Self-awareness. Let's start there. So in our industry, whether you are a breeder, a judge, a business owner, um, or somebody out there that has been in and out of the industry over you know, a certain period of time, the reason that we can progress and move forward and look towards the future is because people that are successful in our industry never utter the words, well, that's how we've always done it. That mentality will not only kill progress, but it will be the deterioration of things that could possibly happen in the business. Yep. Whether, whether that be a show that says, no, we're not making that change because we've always done it that way. Or it's a business that says, well, we've always done it that way. We're going to keep doing it. We don't need to change. I guarantee if you go ask a Kevin went, or you go ask a, uh, Clay's willing or a, uh, John Sullivan or any of those type of people in our industry that have been through some serious change, you'll ask those people, what keeps you awake at night? And I guarantee you almost all of them will say, how can I wake up the next day and continue to be better, mm-hmm. continue to make more progress in our industry? And that to me, Trev, is a mentality that I hope somebody will listen to in this podcast and say, man, I think I've said that before. Well, we've always done it that way. Why change? Just it's it to me, it becomes frustrating when there can be positive impact by looking towards the future and you hit roadblocks because there's nobody willing to make that positive change because they've always done it a certain way. Yep. I love it. I love the phrase that it's always been done this way. This is the way we're going to keep doing it. Okay. I ask you if you drive your Model T Ford to work every day still. And I ask you if you light your house with a lantern still. All right. Now, that's an obvious no and no, but let's think about this for a second. The reason that we have access to technology now, the reason that we are doing things the most efficiently in agriculture that we've ever had before is because innovation. If those people said, this is the way we've always done it, this is the way we're going to keep doing it, we would be so far behind everybody else in the world, agriculturally and economically, that it wouldn't even be possible. So when you get into our niche market of show livestock, you're exactly right. If you think that you can do this the same way all the time, you're kind of crazy. Um, Now, 
it's kind of interesting because if you think about businesses that used to be and that aren't anymore or companies or clubs or organizations, whatever, um, you know, in my profession right now, we're, we're going through um, every five years that they, they recommend changes, okay? And it, it's two sides of the coin. Uh, you talk about self-awareness. You have to know where you're at and yep. where you're going. So there is a generation gap. I, I fully agree with that. But there needs to be change on both sides. If you are a young person that sees change that needs to be had, all right, you th- you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't stand the way they do this. It's been done all the time. It's stupid. You start bad-mouthing whatever it may be, a, a show or an, uh, you know, a farm or whatever. You got to understand that you're you're probably newer to the scene, and the company, the business owner that you're bad mouthing, has been around for a while for some reason, and there probably is some validity too. Like, hey, we've been doing this for a while. We're going to keep doing it until we need to change. And you also have to realize that if you are younger, you have to be open. And I think our society right now is having trouble with being open and it's okay to be different. You don't have to think the same as the next person. And if you're a young person that has ideas, that is, that's where you need to be. It's a really, really, really good to have ideas and to write them down and to think progressively. That is how you'd make positive change. But also know that you have the older generation that has been there longer probably has more experience and does not like to adapt to change. That's just the way that everybody's been raised differently. Okay. The generation differences. I will add to that, to your point about uh, being in a good place and recognizing where you are. And if you do have good ideas, like there's a chance too, that you also need to step back and say, okay, you know where you're at. You've got these good ideas. Where have where has this been? Where has this been in the past? What improvements have been made or what things have stayed the same? There's a lot of cases where things should say, stay the same. And because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. You can always improve stuff though. But you're talking about these new innovative ideas that are completely game-changing, like making those decisions can be tough at times. Yep. But I was I was once told by a mentor of mine that good leaders make tough choices, not easy ones. That's the very truth. Now I have learned, I was, I've already talked young generation. I'm going to the older generation next, but I am part of the younger generation and I ha- I'm still learning. I'm a student of the game. I've got to change, got to learn. I had, t- I had a lot of trouble up until a couple years ago where I will, I'm, I've always been an idea guy. I have ideas. I write it. Hey, let's do this differently. Hey, you know, why don't we try this instead? And I'm one of those. But I didn't realize that it was kind of annoying to hear that. Oh, my gosh, you're another idea, really? That's probably going to, you know. So not every idea needs to be out there. You have to sit down and think about it and let it digest because you don't want you to cry wolf. You, your good idea could be like, oh my God, you got another one. Um, so sit on it, think about it, digest it, and, and see how it could improve positively. Now, talking about the, the older generation, um, you know, they're used to tractors that don't have computers in them. 
Um, they're used to technology that's not as advanced. And so uh, they don't really like to see change uh, because I say they because I'm not, I, I'm, I consider myself younger generation and, and th they would rather um, stick to their ways and, and just not have to learn something new and adapt to the modern technology that we have. However, everything's there to make it easier and better for you. <laughs> so yep. you've got to know like, hey, not every young person that you see coming on a, a, a board or in an organization or in a leadership leadership position has that everything's got to change mentality. Not, not you know, they're, they're not all the same. So why don't we work together a little bit more, I guess is my challenge, instead of, um, oh, crap, and assuming you got to sit down and say, okay, what ideas do you have that could make this deal better? Because here's how we've been doing it. This has worked. This has not worked. This is what needs improvement. Yep. We need both. We can't do one without the other. And I hate to uh, you know, sound cliche, but truly and honestly, the younger ones need to learn from the experienced older generation, but the older experienced generation has to adapt and change. And, and, and everybody can learn from everybody. I like what you said, working together. What a novel concept. Yeah. I mean, there's breeders get better from working with other breeders getting involved with different genetics. You see now more than ever, it is so popular to have part ownership in females or sires. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed people to make progress faster because you have financial backing. You have somebody else that has a similar mindset as you. You have opportunities and access to facilities that you may not have otherwise if you didn't develop a partnership. And if you look outside of just breeding livestock, whether that be associations or with businesses, like you see people partnering all the time and working together for the betterment of the industry, regardless of what they're doing in the industry. And that concept in itself and people that have a mentality of, well, you know, this person did this, or this person thinks this way, or, uh, you know, I don't necessarily align with their viewpoint on how this should be done. That's okay to have those differing opinions, but there could be lots of things that different people take away from others to help them improve in advance without having to sacrifice or compromise their own strategy. Mm -hmm. But maybe they can learn something along the way by working together. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a checks and balances, right? Like sometimes... I, like I said, I'm guilty of being the idea guy. I'm too much at once. I've got people in my life that are my balance, are my check. Like, hey, don't you know, like, you're going to save a lot more money not doing it that way. Kind of go back to where we've always been done it. But this other, you know, and you mesh those two together. You, yeah. you, you have that checks and balances. But um, I want to touch on one thing, too. And, and we've kind of mentioned this in other, other podcasts is, or episodes in this in this podcast that um, self awareness also comes in the show ring as an evaluator. Oh, uh, let's go! If if you uh, both sides, this is both sides, young and old. Okay, mm -hmm. if uh, 
if you've been in the game for a long time and really hate what we're doing in the show ring and um, bad mouth or yeah, all, they're all too straight, all we want them is good looking, it's all about skin and hair, it's, you know, got to make them look pretty and that's all and, you know, whatever. Um, if, if that's your honest opinion, um, you know, maybe it's time to step out. Um, if, if now they, I'm making it sound like that's what it is all about. Again, you've got to work with what the industry is at right now. I, I respect nothing more than a person that knows where they're at, kind of resigning themselves from the show ring and saying, look, this is way different now. It's changed. It's faster pace. (laughs) My body can't handle it in the show ring. Maybe, you know, everything's different. I had my time. I'm going to be watching from the stands. Totally appreciate that. Yep. Yep. And things are different. Uh, You know, it's, it's past me. Young kid right out of college. It's going to take a while to get to the big ring. Let's learn a little bit. Get your, we've said this about 45 times in this, in this podcast. Learn, make mistakes, adapt, ask some older judges who's been in the game for a while. Maybe that guy that already did retire. Why did you, you know, what, what, what you see, what, and then make your own opinion, be original. Um, but you know, there's, there's a generation gap in the ring too. And, um, not all bad. It's just a difference of opinion, which is what this deal's built on. But I know that's something uh, we've talked about off air, Corey, that um, we've always kind of discussed and thought and figured I'd mention. Yeah. And I think nothing is both sides young and old. Nothing is more disappointing than hauling to a show to a 22 year old that cannot do anything more than rear deer tags and mm. try to find out who's on the sideline. Yep. That doesn't happen all the time because nothing is also more frustrating than hauling to a judge that's 78 years old and hasn't bred a champion in 25 years. Right. And like there, there's those checks and balances. There's something fun about hauling to an experienced judge that you know when you get there, you know what they're gonna like. Yep. And those judges that are hittable are fun to show to. Whether they like your kind or not, you know what they want. It's also fun to go to a young evaluator that's talented, full of passion, and can read livestock for what they are. And it's it's nice to get a good look at say, hey. You know, if this person keeps at it, you know, in, in 10, 15 years, I can't wait for my kids to be showing to them. Right. Yeah. And, and so like, but again, it's not only self-awareness on, on behalf of evaluators. Like if you're young, 21, 22, sorting county fairs, jackpot shows, like the best job that you can do is to evaluate honestly and be good with the kids mm-hmm. because if anything else, those parents, grandparents, show officials work at the end of the day, they don't care who you use. They will care about your attitude in the ring and how you approach the kids. And, and hey, this, this may not be a popular opinion either, <clears throat> but if you're, if you know good from bad, if you know good livestock, raise good livestock, sell good livestock, and you you're not patient with kids, or maybe you're you would rather 
uh, you know, not work with kids, I caution you to step in the show ring as frequently. Um, yep. I got uh, a text message from somebody that said, hey, what do you think about this judge? I don't know him. Uh, we're thinking about hiring him for our show. Um, well, I know you're going to give me an honest opinion. And I did. And kind of said, hey, not my favorite person. Knows good livestock. Raises good livestock. Not sure that his patience is there. And yep. they, they appreciated that. So, you know, hey, know where you're at. Be self-aware. You can yeah. raise good ones all day long. And let's let's go to your barn and look at them. But maybe reevaluate yourself before you step in the show ring. And and there's a there's a fine line between efficiency and complete like blatant I don't care. I just want to sort these livestock and look smart in front of people. Yeah, that's the worst. Yes. Like like that there there is a difference there. If you don't enjoy being out in the ring and having fun and and getting that first year showman to smile at you or you know, when you see a good one, you look up at, at the kid and you say, Hey, you're doing a great job managing yeah. this one. Like yeah. if, if, if you don't have those types of interactions with, with young people showing, like you're not going to get hired very much, Mm-mm. regardless of if you're a talented evaluator or not. And the same thing could be said for an older evaluator. Like at the same token, if you overemphasize, like, man, you're re- he's really good with the kids, but he couldn't sort right. a freaking toothpick from a pencil. Like, right. There's there's those boundaries on on both sides. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta, you gotta be good in the middle. You gotta find a balance. Yeah. Yep, boy, that's the truth. Um, I would like to take this time though, uh, a little break from the action. To talk about somebody that is pretty balanced in their life. Yep. Tarbell Marketing and Design. You want to talk about somebody who's kind of figured it out. Everything's rolling. Sleek designs. Good guy. Tarbell Marketing and Design. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't already, go to choosetmd.com. Book your consultation because his stuff is legit. Good breaking action there, Trev. Um... So what is your thoughts on, and I was, I was thinking about this, uh, I don't know, it's probably been a few weeks and hadn't really had a chance to bring it up on the podcast yet. When it comes to show officials, superintendents, um, you know, usually when those people get any position of leadership, they, they start young mm-hmm. and they're in those positions for 20 years, 25, 30 years there comes to a point in time where their ability to hire those judges that we were just talking about earlier becomes skewed and they hire based off of, Oh, this person did our County fair 15 years ago and they did a great job. Yeah. Or on the opposite end, you know, Oh, so-and-so recommended this judge and said that they're young and really talented and breed good livestock. Well, to me, I don't know that people hiring judges currently do enough research beforehand. That is. So I, what is, what is your thoughts on that? Yep. Good topic. Um, <clears throat> I think the research that is done is how many shows have they done? 
which, hey, if they were getting a lot of them, there's probably a reason. Um, but also understand that good evaluators don't come by the numbers. Um, and, I mean, this is probably an unpopular opinion too, um, and they don't have to have, you know, 100 cows or, you know, 50 ewes or whatever. I mean, they can be good stock people with not a lot of livestock um, because, hey, there's some that need to just stay in one species ring and uh, just don't have any interaction with the other species. Uh, but when it comes to hiring judges, ask people. I mean, it's kind of like when you send in that resume with your um, references, you should almost know who to contact. Like, hey, how did this judge do with this and this show? Or how are they with the kids? That's usually one of the first questions. Um, but they've got to be well-researched. And if you're uncomfortable with making those decisions, A, you probably should be. <laughs> but don't be too proud to have your organization form a committee that you trust that's got some differences that is um, outside of the board. I mean, I work with boards with my profession, and we're not too proud to say, hey, I am inexperienced in this field. I would rather see somebody else do it or so on and so forth. So, And in that committee should not all be the same generation, although um, we've just been talking about all this. You need to have some mixture of, I know this group of people, I know that group of people. So that's the easiest way to do it is form a committee of odd number of individuals and kind of vote on things. And if the question came to your mind is, well, how how do these young judges, maybe they're fresh out of college or maybe they are graduated from high school and they're raising some really good pigs or sheep or cattle, whatever it is, maybe they didn't go to college, so you wouldn't have this reference, but if, if a kid went to a junior or senior college, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Get a hold of the school, find the contact information for the judging coach there, and ask the judging coach, hey, how do you think your kid will do? They'll tell you, you know this person. You know this person probably better than anybody as far as their livestock skills go. Should we give them a chance or not? So if you're a show official out there and you're wondering, how do I get these young kids? You know, How do I figure this out and know about them? That's one way. Another way is to find out where they're from. Find out any breeders or people that raise livestock in that area and say, hey, do you know so-and-so? Pretty easy to vet and, and figure out the quality of, of evaluators. I uh, At our county, I had no idea who was judging our show as far as I knew of him, but I didn't know what his ability was. I sent three text messages out and got a very accurate description. All three of them said the same thing on what to expect. And so you can curb your expectations as a show family or a uh, livestock committee member, or a show official by just doing some research and figuring out who the heck you got coming. How are they as a person? Yep. How are they? How are they as an evaluator? What do they do outside of raising livestock? That's huge. We're not raising livestock. Yeah. Yeah. I like There's it. just, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. It's um it's dinner time here at the house from Avery. So if you do hear her in the background, she's not super happy. 
Well, I, I understand. Um, we will wrap this up with a uh, couple more sponsors that I would like to thank. Um, oh, yeah. Legacy Livestock Imaging. I just follow her on Facebook. I mean, I, I'm getting a real bad habit of this. I did this too many times. Last. It's not just Heidi. She has a magnificent team. So Legacy Livestock Imaging as a group makes it happen. And you can do inside and outside of the ring shots. I'm telling you, she and her group captures some amazing things. LegacyLivestockImaging.com. I still need to get a print. I think it would be incredible. Like a yeah. lot of them. I think yeah. I have a livestock photo problem anyway. But <laughs> uh, but if I'm purchasing some, it's at LegacyLivestockImaging.com. Folks, go there today. You won't regret it. And Not one bit. Yeah. I... Um I was also thinking, you know, as we as we um, work through this, we have not done any drop the mic yet in this episode. No, we have not. And we have a good sponsor I, for that. Yes, we do. This is Levi Richards with Formula Champion Show Feeds and Kalmbach Feeds. We're ecstatic with the number of wins coming in from the county fairs, state fairs, and junior national season. For those of you fortunate to receive the fist bump, the handshake, or even the slap, be sure to submit those winners at formulachampions.com under the Champions Challenge Reward to redeem your new Formula Champions jacket. If you haven't had a chance to try these feeds yet, fall can be the perfect time to dip your toe in that water and experience the thrill of flipping that switch. For more information, you can check us out at formulachampions.com or find us on all major social media platforms. Formula Champions, a division of Kalmbach Feeds. Well, this week's Drop the Mic segment comes not from me, not from Trevor, but from the great recently inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, boy. One of my heroes, Peyton Manning. Peyton's speech was an incredible six minutes. But at the end of it, he left us all with a quote that I think applies incredibly well to our industry. The great Peyton Manning said, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. Mm-hmm. I love it. That is, uh, drop the mic right there. Thank you, Peyton Manning, for dropping the mic on this week's episode of Stock Talk. That, uh, what we were talking about earlier, that quote applies. Absolutely. Oh boy. Well, um, I'm glad you're back. This was a good episode. I enjoyed the you and I episodes. Um, I hope our listeners do as well. Probably going to hear more of it. Um, we got a lot of things going on and we're going to keep chugging, keep pushing because we love stock talk nation. And if it wasn't for you guys, we probably would have never came back. Let's be honest. Yeah, true. So help us out. Uh, give us a good review on iTunes. Go to stocktalk-podcast.com. Buy some merch. Christmas isn't that far away if you think about it. Uh, and uh, might as well get you some gear. So I have one last thing to say, Trevor. Happy three-year anniversary to my wife. Oh, my goodness. It is. The 18th. Today's the day. Happy anniversary. I always remember. Yours is easy to remember. 81818. Yeah, 818, 18, which is also very fitting that Peyton Manning was our drop the mic. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Stock Talk Nation, keep listening. Keep telling your folks if you haven't 
uh, listened to it already. So we will catch you next week.